Hey Rebels, I really want to thank our guest Tara Owens for doing a second broadcast with us. It's such a great topic to think about listening to our bodies and hearing the Lord through what our bodies are telling us. Before we start the broadcast, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter by texting the word REBEL to 444-999 and catch me live every Monday and Friday at 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash Dobson. And now here's part two with Tara Owens and Embracing the Body right here on Rebel Parenting. It's really interesting in our country and in our culture, and this happens around the world in different ways, we go through these phases of what's beautiful and what's not. I heard an interviewer today talking about um, the surgical process of Kylie Jenner, uh, one of the Jenner girls. She's 21 and has had massive amounts of plastic surgeries. Now, it's just... I thought about it and and she's had her hips widened allegedly and some things like that because in this moment in culture, that's more attractive than it was when I was growing up in 1982. The body type has changed and it's gonna change again soon. You know, we've gotta stop doing this to our kids. We've, you know, we are, you know, we are. We're all beautiful. We are all beautiful in God's eyes. He all created us for a reason and for a purpose. And in his image, we have to remind ourselves of that, that if you're not this quote unquote cultural ideal of perfection right now, you're still perfect in God's eyes. He still died for you exactly the way that you are. We need to tell our kids that. We need to remind them that if you're tall or if you have pale skin or tan skin or if you're black or if you're white, whatever it is, if you're big or small, man, we are in God's image. Absolutely. And I, you know, our culture does that because they're selling us something. They want us to consume bodies mm-hmm. um, as opposed to actually inhabit them and enjoy them. Um, and and that's what we do is we make our bodies something to consume um, because that's what our culture is telling us. And you know, one of the things that we've tried to do with our daughter um, is is tell her how amazing her body is all the time. And I remember there was this moment, and it, it like I might get choked up right now talking about it. Um, we were outside, and she was just enjoying being um, running around and exploring the world. And she turned around and looked at me, and she said, "Mama, my body amazing." Mm. And I thought. Yes, yes, it is. It is amazing. Your body is amazing. And to just be able to help our kids see that instead of this idea that your body is something to manipulate, Mm. to make desirable to other people Mm. so that you can feel affirmed, um, that our body is just this thing that we have instead of a core part of who we are and how we are made and how beautiful it is and how amazing it is that it mm. does all the things that it does on a daily basis. I think we we sort of fall into the culture too quickly of um, saying that, you know, well, this or that needs to be changed or, I mean, I do it. I look at myself in the morning in the mirror and think, oh, there's, you know, I wish this or even more cruel things that we tend to say to ourselves in the mirror in our heads. Um, 
but we would never say that to our children, and yet we're saying it to ourselves, mm-hmm. and in, in essence, if we're saying it to ourselves, we're saying it to our kids. For sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. You know, Tara, this is an interesting correlation. I was listening to some comedians talking um, a couple days ago, and one was lamenting how people keep asking him, "Well, where where does where, you know where's your comedy come from? It has to come from pain." You know, comedians, you know, terrible childhood it has to come from pain. And he was like, "Listen, if you look at the, the the you know population as a whole, a lot of people had a bad childhood, and some of those people get into comedy, but some people that had good childhoods also get into." Comedy. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, it doesn't have to come from pain. And they were talking about um, Jimmy Kimmel, who's on TV. He has very, very supportive parents that love him and come to all of his things and write cards and notes and tell him how proud of them they are. And he's in comedy. And uh, Adam Carolla was talking about it because they're friends. He had parents that were as absentee as they could possibly be. They were so uninvolved in his life. And you know, I'm thinking now, why can't we tell our kids that they're amazing and that they're beautiful and their bodies are, your daughter is right, her body is amazing. And you know what, we've got this thing of, well, you gotta toughen them up and, and if you don't put them through the struggle then they're not gonna, they're not gonna know, what, you know what hardship is like. And I think, oh yes they are. They're gonna live in the real world and they're gonna know so quickly <laughs> yeah. what hardship is like. We don't need to add to that in the home. Absolutely, and I think that that, you know, there's this myth that we can sort of, um, we can toughen them up for the world. And and I just, I feel like keeping them tender is actually the struggle, not mm-hmm. toughening them up. Yeah. I mean, the world will, will tell them terrible things, um, and the world will tell them beautiful things. Yeah. And it's up to us to help them understand what to listen to and what is true. Um, and I think, you know, giving my daughter the sense that her body is this great gift that she has, not this great burden that she has to bear, is something that I hope that when um, when she gets the messages that she is to this or to that, mm-hmm. or not enough of this or not enough of that, that she'll hold that against the this core place in her that says, mm-hmm. I this is a gift. And and can I receive the gift that is instead of wanting the other thing that's out there that probably is not gonna make me happy anyway. Hmm. So I have a little personal question. Um I, I know for me I, I have friends that struggle with their body image or what they want to look like. And they'll just lament about those. Say they have a, a big booty. Can I say that on air? Sure. <laughs> okay. So, so they're struggling with one area of their life, and they keep talking about that. Do you, as a friend, do you step in and interrupt things like that? How, how do you navigate that with people in your life? Yeah, I think um, first it's, it's sort of slowing down and listening to what underneath that pain because mm. what they're expressing is a pain yeah um and and um and to get to you know for for one friend to struggle with one part of their body whether it's their booty or their waist or what have you is is about feeling like they're not attractive enough for their spouse mm. um, yeah. for another person it's i mean I, I was sitting the other day and this is 
sort of true on-air confession um, in a session with someone, and uh, we were doing some deep belly breathing, mm-hmm. um, and I was I was holding onto my belly. Uh, I'm two years out from childbirth, and um, I had this realization of just breathing into this space and thinking, oh, I know why I don't want to lose this weight. Mm. I don't want to lose this weight because I'm afraid we're not going to have another child. Yeah. I'm afraid that's the story. And that was that's my story around my belly. And mm. rather than beat myself up for not losing the weight or not choosing, um, you know, choosing yeah. the candy bar over totally. whatever else it is, yeah. like sitting in that space and listening to God and listening to my body and going, oh, that's what's going on. There's mm-hmm. a fear there that, that, and a pain there that needs to be brought to God and brought to my spouse and, and just brought out into the light. And for, for friends, when I'm sitting with them, I'm trying to listen sort of inside what they're saying about their bodies because if they slow down, if they are, are really able to begin to embrace that part of the body that they don't like right now, there's something that it's telling them. Yeah, there's a um, gift there. And huh? Yeah, and it's so easy to step in and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, like, gosh, it's, it's so easy to say, well, stop that. You know, it's, 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 it's not bad, it's good. It's, and and to, to not listen to what's going on underneath that. I mean, yeah. we have... This, we're very aware of our body image issues. We're just not very aware of what's underneath them. Correct. Um, yeah. And you can't power yourself out of um, not being aware that you don't like your booty. <laughs> you just can't. It's just you're not you're not gonna like just stop thinking about that. Um, you need to find out what's underneath it, and that's that's what I try to do with my with my girlfriends and with mm. people that I love that um, have that place, and and to help them stop focusing on the negative and instead listen to what's underneath. Hmm. Man, Tara, that's so powerful. And I think this is an interesting one. One of the things with Rebel Parenting that we believe is to do it right just takes more work. And we need to just get over that hump. We want it to be easy and quick and fast, and it's not. But what I like is that you are curious. Why am I holding on to this? What's going on? You know, up in your head, you're thinking, I want to lose weight and I want to be thin and I want to look this way. And I've got this ideal that my head says I want, and yet I'm not doing it. I wonder why, instead of shaming yourself. I love mm-hmm. that part so much of what's going on. It instantly brought, I, I we, Laura and I talk about it. We coach couples every now and then. And, uh, I'm thinking of a couple and they were just having all these fights, just all these crazy fights were going on and the guy's like, I don't know what's going on. And we started trying to unpack it and we were just just trying to spitball, come up with ideas. What what might it be? And so often we're like, oh, she's crazy or oh, it's PMS or what, you know, just something, some dumb, stupid, pat answer and we weren't doing that. We came to it. She's getting towards the end of breastfeeding and they can't have kids anymore. And they've got five, and this is number five, and she's gotten to be this certain person and this mom in this way and have that intimate moment when the oxytocin gets produced and there's that intimacy going on, and neither of them knew what was the cause of this, but she's sad, and that's okay. 
And now together, mm-hmm. they're grieving the fact that they're not going to have little babies in the house anymore. And they cry over it and they mourn over it. And some people are like, oh, it's, man, it's beautiful. It's, it shows how much they love their kids. It shows how much she loves being a mom. Everything about it is beautiful and it's sad. It's really sad. And, mm-hmm. and now instead of fighting over it, he knows she's sad and sadness is okay. And we're going to work with the sadness. We're going to live in the sadness. And being curious allows them that connection if he's just like gosh would you just stop instead of saying hey what's going on now they're more intimate and they're more connected because of that curiosity and because of the lack of shame thank you for that that's so important absolutely and i think that that being curious just opens up whole worlds for us and and, i mean even in in thinking about that story and that unlocking of the sadness and the sadness being okay and being able to feel it and grieve it and mourn it. I mean, they've done studies on our brains that show our capacity to feel joy is utterly linked to our capacity to grieve. If we cannot grieve, we cannot feel joy. Mm. And, And I just think about all that that unlocked in that couple. The ability to then step into that mourning means that there will be an ability to step into the joy of their changing and growing family as their kids age and as all of the next chapter unfolds, it will be that much sweeter because they've been Mm. able to mourn and because Mm. they were curious instead of saying, I know the answer, you're just being an idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Or it's your hormones or, yeah. Yeah. Awesome, Tara. We th- we we've gotten into such a good rhythm here. I, I'm I'm so I, I'm very curious to see what people's re- response and reaction is to these kinds of things. You know, I, I think one of the ones I, I would like to talk about. Um, sometimes people have we'll call them like nervous tics. Um, I have a friend that chews his fingernails when he gets anxious, and I have a friend that. Um, picks at his feet when when he's going through high stress and there are people that eat when they do that um and i I remember i I used to tour with with a friend and uh he would pull his own hair out at times and here's what i with certain things like that you can take medication that will stop it i i get that i'm not a believer in it but i understand it but in those moments when the world would say that you have, it's not maybe a neuroses, it's not a disability, how can we use those times to listen to our body and to try to hear what God's telling us? Yeah, that's, that's you're, you're talking about a thing that is, is close to my heart because I have some of those places that, that I go to mm. um, when I'm um, overstressed or I'm... Um, or, or really, like, just in, this, in the darker places that I get to. Um, it, it was a chapter of the book that I wrote, and it was one of those vulnerability hangovers that you get. You write that, and you think, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all know that. Oh. I do yeah. that with broadcasts. I think, oh, I just, I really was honest on that one. <laughs> People are going to know that about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, 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 it's a chapter that I've gotten the most vulnerable and beautiful emails about Hmm. where people have said me too. It it may not be for me. It's skin picking Um, for someone else. It might be chewing their nails or or pulling their hair out or food or whatever it is. But Mm -hmm. we have those places that we go um, 
that we just feel so ashamed about. Yeah. We feel so, um, in some ways, powerless. We we often want to medicate it away or we just want to get rid of it instead of it being a place where we can pay attention um, and say, oh, something's, something's not right here. Yeah. Something is out of balance. You know, something is, my my soul is telling me something that my mind has probably blocked out. Like that I don't, I don't want to think about the fact that I am this stressed. Yeah. I don't want to think about the fact that I am this afraid. I don't want to be vulnerable with someone. Um, uh, and, and yet those places are, are places where our bodies are saying, I need God. Yeah. This is, this is the place where I need Jesus. I need help. I need um, connection. And, and they can be places where we, we say, well, I've just created this compulsion and it's just this thing I do and, yeah, and have to get ignore rid of it. it. Yeah. Or, yeah, or get rid of it. Or we can acknowledge that it's sort of like the canary in the mine shaft. Yeah. Um, it's telling you something really important that you need to listen to. Yeah, it could be the point of your next upgrade with God. I love our mentor talks about that, like whatever trouble you're having or whatever problem is um, encroaching upon your life at that moment, what if that was the exact point of your next upgrade? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and I like looking at that, using your body as a tool, as a scientific tool to show you, uh, to show you your way back to him. Yeah, and I think that's, for me, that's why I haven't chosen to, um, to try and 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 eliminate that from my life because yeah. it's like this like big flag saying, oh wait a second, and I know um, that I can just I can go off the rails if it's just me, mm-hmm. um, totally. and 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 this like red flag says, oh something is going on. Mm. You, you you need. Um, either rest or communion with God or help or encouragement or you're right at this tipping point. You're right if, if, if you and God together can, can walk through this, there's something great on the other side of it. Mm, amen. It's hard too because there, we get a little bit complacent at times. I get panic attacks and when I get them, I want it to be one thing. I want to go, oh, well, I know what's causing it. It's this. When I need to say, well, what's causing it this time? Is it that I have a lack mm-hmm. of sleep? Did I not eat today? Am I behind on my accounting? What is going on with it? And I know that when I get enough sleep and I keep meditating and I, I do the things that I know I need to do to stave off the panic attacks, when I do all those things, they go away and they don't come back. And then when I get into a lull, I think, oh, I'm cured. <laughs> and, and then they come creeping back again. And I don't know why, but once again I go, oh yeah, it didn't go away. As if, as if it's you know magically gonna go away. It's, I need to do the upkeep. I need to do the work. I need to do those things. And I think I've taken that into my parenting uh, and into my relationship with Laura of when I'm when I notice I'm easily frustrated with my kids you know I'm home from work and then everything is frustrating me well is it really both my kids in that moment are really being that frustrating or is there something going on in my life that <clears throat> is causing me to react towards my kids in that way and you've got to constantly go back and say 
what's going on, self-responsibility. Well, also, again, it's so hard not creating shame of, oh, I can't believe I'm so dumb. I know I need to do these things and I didn't do them and I'm so dumb because I thought I was cured again and I'm not cured, I'm never gonna be cured and you know, going down that spiral of just saying, oh, I'm back here again, all right, let's do it again, let's get better, let's listen to our bodies. Yeah, and that shame, like, we, we just like to, I mean, it's built into our society. It, it is, it's this attempt to get us to not ever have to deal with this again. But, yeah. I mean, one of the things I, I love about the reality that we're a new creation, you know, we get we get everything new every morning, is that we get everything new every morning. <laughs> like, yeah. that means we got to figure it out today. today. Like, it's yeah. not yesterday. Well, there's freedom is, in that, too. It is. So much freedom in that that mm-hmm. you know that you you're not you're not stuck in it, it. It really isn't. Oh, I'm back here again. It's oh, there's this new place, and yeah. and I do have tools because I've learned. But it's not like I I you know I should have fixed this by now. It's actually an opportunity, like you say, to be curious and say, okay, so what's what's really going on. And and what I love about that example of, like, you're just irritated with your kids, what you're doing in that time is doing the work to slow down and notice, to pay attention. Um, and attention costs something. That's why we say pay attention. Um, it, it is the work of um, paying attention and noticing that allows us to see what's really going on. Um, and for me, those places that I have that are, you know, like my my panic attacks, so to speak, mm-hmm. are those places that wake me up mm-hmm. and say, oh, wait a second, mm-hmm. pay attention, mm-hmm. pay attention. And it's not, you know, the, the shaking your finger, pay attention, you dummy, you've, you've missed it again. Yeah. It's actually just, hello, pay attention. Um, and I think that's, I mean, it's the same way that um, I... I notice for on a completely different level i can notice if i'm reading scripture and and jesus sounds really mean (laughs) wait a second (laughs) something's going on because i know he's not yeah that's (laughs) right something has shifted in my relationship with god that i'm relating to him as mean Mm. and like where is that let's go back and find it and it's not that um that anybody shaking a finger it's that let's find out what's actually going on today mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. The question. oh Tara what a great couple of broadcasts thank you so much I, I'd love to have you back on and talk about this again um, and Kristen and Laura pointing at each other because they're super excited about it too It's it's been a great one I love this broadcast and I love the subject thank you for writing the book for coming on and really for being honest and vulnerable for, for being vulnerable for other people that need to learn it too we just appreciate you so much Thank you. It's just such a gift to be with you. It's been a fun time for me. And yeah, I, I pour things into these words and it's such a gift to hear people um, encountering something new, something different mm-hmm. and something liberating in it. That's a perfect word. It's liberating. That's yeah. a perfect word. There's freedom and it's liberating. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. Oh, our sincere thanks to Tara Owens for being with us for two days here on Rebel Parenting, talking about her book, Embracing the Body, Finding God in Our Flesh and Bone. 
It's time we start listening to our bodies and hearing what the Lord is trying to say to us through what's going on internally. Don't forget to catch me live on Facebook every Monday and Friday at 8 Pacific, 11 Eastern, facebook.com slash Dobson, And sign up for our newsletter by texting the word REBEL to 444-999 or heading to our website, rebelparenting.org. God bless. We'll see you soon.